And we are live. Welcome to the NBA Strategy Show. Oh, I almost said deeper dive. I wish it was five o'clock. NBA Strategy Show. It is Friday, December 15th. I am Josh Engelman. I am joined by Adam Scher. We're brought to you by Underdog. And we are closing out this work week with a almost perfect slate. Eight games on the docket for today. But I am once again going to hit you guys with my chief complaint for everything that we're doing right now. This would be a fantastic seven-game slate that ends at 8 p.m. But instead, two hours after the tip of the final game, we get another game, which is three hours after lock. There's no need to include this. Drop the game, seven-game slate, it's perfect, and then everybody gets two hours back on a Friday night. It doesn't get any easier than this. Do it now, DraftKings. Listen to me. I'm the smart one here. Hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell so you know when everything goes live. Adam, agree or disagree? You're not doing shit with your Friday night, and neither am I, so I don't care. <laughs> That's not true. I do things. <laughs> I get dragged to all sorts of shit. I had to work on my laptop to make lineups at a Christmas event <laughs> two days ago. I end up getting dragged to things. It would be much easier for me if I didn't have to think, hmm, got to keep this laptop with me so I can make my 10 p.m. Nick's son swaps at 9.30. I do, I do just, generally agree, though. Yeah, it's like if you have a couple games, I get it. A two hour gap between the seventh game and the eighth game and a three hour gap from tip to that tip. It's just it's not necessary. It's not changing anything. Nobody's more or less likely to play this slate. If you drop that game, it is simply just a mechanism that makes life easier. It's no brainer. It's a no brainer. I hate it. I hate it. But here we are. Anything good for you last night? No. Uh, bubbled the 555 tournament, broke even on the night slate, pretty much broke even on the main slate. Uh, best finish on the main was, I think, 33rd with, like, Chet and Olenek being completely mediocre. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, just kept getting weirder and weirder last night when we started getting more and more lineups. You got Kessler in. You got THT in. That was fun. You got Pajemski in. Shout out to Andrew Wiggins getting demoted. Who saw Clay that Thompson one coming? Hitting Clay Thompson playing his, like his 2015. Yeah, just nuts. Uh, shockingly, Alex Caruso gets injured. Uh, Io DeSumo drops 45 fantasy points. Yeah. Mere days after dropping the full bagel across the board. Karis Levert uh, did what you talked about and didn't matter. It might have been, I don't even know if he was in the winning lineup. He was 1% owned. 35 minutes for Levert, 26 and a quarter fantasy points. Kind of bothers me that I hit that on the strategy show and the deeper dive. 26? What did I say? Oh, 46. Sorry. Yeah. 46 and a quarter fantasy points. Yeah, it's just, we spoke that one clean into existence. Someone tagged me on Twitter today saying that I probably had a good night because of what Scoot Henderson did. I had zero Scoot Henderson by the time we got the lock. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't happening. <laughs> was pretty hard. It helped me that uh, Kawhi or uh, Paul George ended up out. It got me off of the like 90% Anthony Simons that I had, and he was awful. Yeah, he was terrible. So, you ready to talk some basketball? Yeah. Let's do it. It's that easy. Uh, New Orleans Pelicans. Seven-point favorites in Charlotte. 231 total. For the Pels, we are waiting on one key piece of information, and that would be the status 
of one Zion Williamson. He is questionable. He did miss the most recent game as well. Uh, Cody Zeller is available. 10% ownership coming into Jose Alvarado to Joe Val to Zion to Herb Jones, minimal to Brandon Ingram. What are you seeing here for the Pels? I'm not really getting these guys, but I thought I might have a little bit. There's just better places on the slate, I think. Yeah, um, boom bust tools not refreshing for me. Uh, should have it in a second, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, Joval, somebody I've been getting to a lot recently in general, played another 33 minutes last game. Uh, but he's getting 10% ownership, 9% chance of being optimal. He can't, he just kind of looks fine at 7,100. Same goes for Zion at 7,900. Same goes for Ingram and McCollum, though they're a little bit more difficult to get to. It looks like Alvarado, like you said, at 3,600, um, played. 18 minutes, including garbage time last game, strikes me as one of those value pieces where he's getting some traction at 10 a.m. because we haven't gotten news in places, but he's still only projected for 15 DraftKings points. That usually just doesn't really hold. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I don't have a single share of anybody from the Pelicans. Not that I would have a problem with it or anything. You give me any one of B.I. or Herb or Joval or Zion if he's in, and that's fine. How do we want to handle these guys if Zion is out? Because we just saw this two nights ago. Does that become a $5,500 Trey Murphy day? Najee Marshall is 4,200 here. Dyson Daniels is 4,200 point guard, small forward. Who stands out if we do lose Zion? Yeah. So, I mean, if we lose him first, obviously it makes Joval look better. It makes Ingram look better. It makes McCollum look better. Uh, But we saw Dyson Daniels get the start, but it was essentially a spot start. He played like four minutes to open the game, played Mm -hmm. four and a half minutes to close the first half, played seven minutes to open the second half, never came back. He was my highest owned guy on that slate. I can't believe he was actually only 25% owned on that slate. And of course the rotation went the way that it did. Uh, But at this point, I think you kind of, not that that rotation is set in stone, but I think that's a, you at least go into this as Zion's out expecting Najee Marshall and Trey Murphy to play significant minutes and Dyson Daniels to be the third of the group. Even if he starts again, not that that's set in stone, but we, we just saw it play out. And he was aggressively behind the other two. So um, I think, you know, Murphy at 5,500 would certainly look pretty good. Najee at 4,200 would certainly still be a solid enough value as well. Uh, One thing that did stand out too about that game though, um, Herb Jones was in foul trouble, particularly in the first half. So Najee Marshall's playing time is a little bit misleading, at least in the first half. Um, Herb Jones only played 20 minutes total, which is something that you're just never going to expect. That's not something where... You know, if Zion's out today, you're not saying like, oh, yeah, Herb Jones is going to play low 20s minutes. So (laughs) that's obviously something that you expect to change. But the thing that really stands out is that he subbed back in with two minutes to go in the first quarter last game, picked up his second foul, went back to the bench. So Najee Marshall played three minutes and 52 seconds in the first quarter and then went back to the bench. But then he came back like a minute later and played another eight minutes because of Herb Jones foul trouble. So that is a spot where... You know, Najee still has a path if Zion is out, but be careful assuming that he's just doing what he did last game. There we go. Anything else here for Charlotte? Or sorry, for uh, for New Orleans. Uh, so as far as what I'm actually getting to right now, 14% Zion's my highest owned guy here. I have 10 per- or 8% Alvarado, so pretty much with the field there. Only getting like 2 to 3% McCollum, Joval, Ingram at the moment. Uh, that's if, if Zion's in, I expect it to play out similarly in that you know, Zion may or may not end up being my highest owned guy from the team, but I expect it to just be, I'm sort of just getting relatively small amounts of the starters. All righty. On the Charlotte side, I have a very different amount of these guys. I tend to have that a lot. We do have a little bit of news in that PJ Washington is questionable. Mark Williams is doubtful. 
The status of P.J. Washington is massive because we got 40 minutes out of Nick Richards last time out when P.J. Washington left early. I don't think that's going to happen again, but it might unlock J.T. Thor anyway. 25% ownership coming into Nick Richards, 25% ownership coming into Brandon Miller, around 15 to Gordon Hayward, 10 to Terry Rozier. I've got a boatload of these guys, one of them not getting as much ownership. What are you getting for Charlotte? Are you joining me in the Hornets uh, bandwagon today? Yeah, I'm getting a ton. Uh, Gordon Hayward coming in at 43% for me, Fields at 16, 6,500 small forward, power forward. Brandon Miller showing up 38%, Fields at 26. Shooting guard, small forward, always nice, 6K, just plenty of playing time for him. I'm getting the 26% Richards, 22% Bridges. So um, around the field on Richards, over the field on Bridges, who's only 7% owned, getting the 7% Washington, 5% Rozier. Uh, mm-hmm. And like you said, if Washington is out, it's just really going to make the Nick Richards, Bridges, Hayward, Miller pieces even more appealing just because there's playing time to go around. And yeah, JT Thor probably will be in the rotation, but it's JT Thor. So I don't have the Gordon Hayward piece. Um, I'm under there. You'll be surprised to hear that I do have the Brandon Miller piece. Uh, He's in 72% of my lineups right now. Not that I'm surprised. I do have the Nick Richards piece, 21% owned. But the guy that I have that you don't have much of is Terry Rozier. I have 34%, 8,700 point guard, shooting guard, and he has been just nuking since Lamelo went down on a completely different level. Do I like uh, having a giant stand on an $8,700 Terry Rozier? No, not really, but the spot is good enough, and the Hornets' defense is 28th. Or sorry, uh, the Pelicans' defense is 13th. That's not like all that worrisome. They're 10th in pace, so you do get a little bit of a bump up. I think it's Terry Rozier season for me. He's playing massive minutes. That's incredibly helpful. Yeah, I like it. Uh, seven games now where LaMelo's been out and Rozier's played 1.3 DraftKings points per minute, 37.7 minutes per game, 27% usage rate. Certainly would like to be getting to more of him than I am at the moment. Uh, Hayward in those seven games at 1.04 DraftKings points per minute, 32 and a half minutes per game. Uh, so, you know, again, I don't mind that I'm getting to him. He is cheaper by a significant amount, but yeah. the Rozier ceiling is is absolutely there. Uh, Brandon Miller's at 36 minutes per game, 0.82 DraftKings points per minute in the six that he has played without LaMelo and with Rozier. Oh, man. Going to be brutal. Just so much Charlotte. I'm surprised. It's still surprising me Miles Bridges isn't doing more. Uh, But in those seven games, 0.91 DraftKings points per minute, 22% usage rate, 36 minutes per game. It it feels like that improves at some point, but also I get why he's only 7% owned when he's $7,500. He's not playing like that guy. What's... uh, Do you have the true shooting? Um, No... Okay. I will in a second. All right. I don't have any follow-ups if you don't. Yeah. So. Uh, 58.5. Okay. Nothing crazy. I didn't know if like that was going to be... He's just right. been like wildly un- inefficient for six games. But now I would have thought he would have had some more usage in that time. Maybe that's just not what he's cut out to do, I guess. Yeah. So he's the one where like when I look at the exposures I have right now, it's scary getting to 22% of him because I think he is overpriced for what he has done to date. But there's still that piece where it's just like, you know, there there is a lot to go around here. We are talking about a six, seven game sample size. It yeah. wouldn't be crazy if by the time you're at game 40, it's like, oh, Bridges and Rogier have equal usage rates. Sure. Yeah, got a lot of these guys and I'm totally OK with it. 
but they've got a lot of flexibility. Like most of these guys have an MPE. They're all like mid to priced, decent enough total in the game. I think it makes sense. Oh, this next one though. This is going to be brutal. I don't When you start to get lines of this size, it really becomes problematic to talk about. The Detroit Pistons are 16 point underdogs in Philadelphia today. 235 total. You don't see a lot of NBA games with 16 point lines. I can only imagine what would happen if this were Boston. I assume it would be like 18 or 19. Just truly scary. No real ownership coming into the Detroit side. 9% to Asar Thompson. Basically 3 to everybody else that plays real minutes. I got 3% of Beast to 3% of Asar Thompson. It's really hard to justify the Pistons today. Yeah, and it usually is. Um, but I'm with you. I don't think they look overly appealing. Um, I lost where I was at. But uh, getting to right now... 23% Ivy which I'm assuming goes away. Um, kind of had issues with him in the mornings lately. Uh, we have him with a 10% chance of being optimal at 3% owned 5,300. I doubt I really get that much of him, um, but I'm not getting anything else really. 5% Thompson, 3% Cunningham. Yeah, just like they've got basically the worst implied total on the slate of teams that aren't Houston or Memphis who are playing in a game with a 212 total. That is 45 points below the Pacers and Wizards for today. So they have low implied totals for slightly different reasons. The Pistons are just, I mean, they're on a 20 game losing streak and they're about to just get absolutely mauled in Philadelphia. So I assume this is the game they win outright. <laughs> Probably. Um, and yeah, just to clarify again, to get back to the Ivy thing uh, quickly, it's just that it's the same situation I had with him the other day where you know, we have him projected to be owned one-fifth where he, quote-unquote, should be. We have him at 27 minutes right now. That's an aggressive projection. It's going to yeah. come down. like that's. So if, if for whatever reason, then you never should do this, you're watching the morning show and not watching or looking at any other content and making lineups based on the morning show, uh, ignore how much Jaden Ivy I have right now. Yeah, I went 24 minutes to Ivy. I don't... It's, yeah, to I, me, I it's pretty hard to go, go north of that. Because like 27-28 is certainly in the range of outcomes, but that's yeah. not the median and it's not close. No, I don't think it is. Billy side is here as well. Hard to get to a little bit. I think 11-8 Joel Embiid stands out as a fantastic play if you can get there. It doesn't appear anybody's getting there. He's 4% owned. Maxi is 15% owned on the FanDuel. And DeAnthony Melton is 10% owned on DraftKings for reasons, I guess, today. I have very little here. Just scattered amounts of all of the starters. Ubre is my highest owned guy, which there doesn't you go. feel great. But uh, 23 minutes off the bench last game. We have him right now at a 10% chance of being optimal at 8% on 5K. I mean, the price tag's nice. I'm getting 15%, so it's not like I'm going crazy there. Getting to 9% Melton, 6K point guard, shooting guard, 10% on 9% chance of being optimal. 4% Maxi, 3% Embiid. Clearly, Maxi and Embiid are the guys I actually want here, but they yeah. also come with significant price tags and opportunity cost, whereas Melton and Ubre have the... Uh, MPE and they're just easier to fit into lineups. Yeah. I wish I were getting to a little bit more Embiid. You know, you have no Jokic on the slate. You have no Luka Doncic on the slate. You have no Giannis on this slate. They they are the four top end per minute DFS dudes. And I thought like, okay, that's just going to make us get to Embiid by default. And for right now, we don't have the value to do it. John P said, sure, Adam will ignore it like the Scoot Henderson yesterday. <laughs> 
So yeah, and this is a tough game. I mean, there's there's a high likelihood that Joel Embiid does not play the fourth quarter today. He does not play fourth quarters very regularly, as weird as that sounds. But still smashes. Yes, but still just goes insane. So weird. I just read I mean, he's, that. Word. He's also averaging like 35 minutes per game. He is. Where Where is it? I just read this tweet right before I got here. 34.4 minutes per game for the season. Let me see if I can find this. Hmm. Uh, it appears that I cannot. It makes sense, though, based on his rotation, because he plays the entire third quarter. Yeah. Yeah, he's like... he's Whatever the averages were, they were really preposterous, and he has like sat out the fourth quarter of seven or eight of the games that he's played, which is just bonkers. But I'm starting to think I saw it on my For You tab, and at which point... Oh, here it is. Joel Embiid, here it is. Uh, why can't I make this tweet be bigger? I guess I gotta rub it. <laughs> okay. Why can I not do anything here? It's actually interesting, and I can't get to it. Uh, Jacob shared it since you can't find it or handle this on your own. Joel Embiid Perfect. is averaging 35.1 points, 11.7 rebounds, and 6.7 assists in games where he does not play in the fourth quarter this season. Through 20 games, he has sat out of the fourth quarter seven times. Yeah, that is nuts. 35, 12, and 7 in games where he doesn't play the fourth. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there, there have been a tweet. lot of slates. There, there have been a lot of slates, including the last one against Detroit, where if you didn't have Embiid, you're just sitting there at halftime like, my God, I hope he doesn't play the fourth so he only gets 65 DraftKings points. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Anything else for Philly? Uh, no. All right. So next up, we're going to talk schedule for the rest of the day. Very simple. NFL strategy show coming up next at 11 a.m. Then we go back to our two hours of NBA coverage. NBA Deeper Dive, myself and Adam, coming up at 5 p.m. NBA Live Before Lock tonight at 6 p.m. The other thing that you guys need to do is use our avatar. Go to stochastic.com slash avatar. Grab our logo. Put it on your DraftKings, FanDuel, Owner's Box, Yahoo account, wherever you're playing. Because if you finish in the top three of a contest with 5,000 or more entries, you get one free month of stochastic whatever you're looking for. I assume NBA Sims if you're watching this. It's a $200 value. Cannot be beat. We saw uh, K2 Temple Owl. Uh, I was part of a chop on FanDuel last night. Had the logo looking good. We love seeing people pick up dubs with the Stochastic Avatar. So you guys can do that as well. All you have to do is go to the site, download the image, and load it up to whichever whichever place you're playing. Whether that's DK, FanDuel, Owner's Box, Yahoo. Just got to get in that contest with 5,000 or more. Here we go. Your Washington Wizards are going to be a part of a good one here. Indiana Pacers, eight and a half point favorites in Washington, 257 total. And that total would be way higher if the Washington Wizards offense wasn't 26th, (laughs) but they are 21% ownership coming into Miles Turner, 10 to Isaiah Jackson, 10 to Bruce Brown. I got a ton of Miles Turner. I don't have much else here in what is clearly a great spot. I have a ton of Isaiah Jackson, which I hate, but it makes sense in the, you know, 
if if somehow things go poorly for turn, you're getting a bunch of minutes for Jackson at 4,400 yeah. in a good spot. Uh, we do have him projected to be quite a bit under owned, 17% chance of being optimal, 10% ownership. So that's pushing him up for me a bit right now as well. Probably see those numbers converge a bit as the day goes on. Right now we have Jackson at just about 18 minutes. We have Turner at 30. Um, but yeah, like I, it's another spot where I think I probably get a decent amount of Jackson at 4,400 as the backup center here. I doubt that I get as much as I'm getting right now. Um, but Benedict Matherin, Miles Turner is showing up for me next. 22% Matherin, 21% Turner. Fields only at 6% on Matherin. We have him 11% to be optimal, so that's driving him up a bit. Fields 21% on Turner, right around the field on them. Um, other than that, 9% Brown, 9% Halliburton. Happy to be over the field on Halliburton if I can get that here. Uh, it's always difficult yeah. when he's as expensive as he is and point guard only, but 2 3% owned in this spot. If I can get it, I would love to. Yeah, it's almost like playing the Wizards is a good thing. Yeah. But Why? Just... Go ahead. How many minutes do you have for Matherin? 28. Okay. We have 30, so we're not too far above that. We have 30? Yeah. Man has played 30 minutes one and a half times in the past two weeks. Yeah, 29.8. So, again, that's why I'm getting four times the field on Matherin. But um, if you take a couple minutes off, I would assume I'm still at, like, you know, ten percent or so. Yeah. Twenty-five, thirty-seven, thirty, twenty-four, twenty-seven, twenty-five, twenty-four, twenty-one. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I thought maybe I just like slept through a few Pacers games yeah. and not realized that. I honestly, I feel like I'm too high with twenty-eight. Twenty-six was the number in my head. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I have thirty-seven percent Miles Turner right now, but I mean, centers just nuke Washington. He's. That, like it's just as good of a spot as you're going to find for Turner to play 30 minutes. I got five percent of Isaiah Jackson too, so happy to have both of those guys. How how did you split the Turner and Jackson minutes? I went 30 17. Okay, yeah, that's. I I think you could anywhere between like 30 18 32 16 seems reasonable for me. Yeah, I tend to leave like one off of the backup guy because. If I'm going to take anything away of, you know, like if this game gets out of hand and there's a minute or two that goes to somebody else, it's neither of the two of them. Right. Yeah. Um, okay, here we go. I don't want to have this conversation, but uh, I am getting to a really large amount of the Washington Wizards today, and it's really unappealing. They are getting some ownership. Call it 10% to Gafford, Gallo, uh, Jordan Poole, and Denny. And then 20% ownership coming into Tyus Jones. Are you being a homer and rostering your Washington Wizards? Unfortunately, and I wish I wasn't, but I mean, this game is just so good between two teams that don't play defense. Uh, Washington doesn't have any players good enough to actually be expensive. So that's nice in games like this as well. (laughs) Tyus Jones, 19% ownership at 5,600. I'm getting to 52% right now. Ooh, you're not that big of a homer, I guess. I got 55. Okay, yeah. Um, 49% 49% Denny Avdia for me at 14% owned. We have him 21% to be optimal, so he's showing up a lot. Small forward, power forward. Getting to 21% Gallinari, which feels absolutely disgusting at 4K. Certainly the type of thing that is pretty likely to come down by lock just as other things open up. Uh, 13% Kuzma, 10% Pool. Small amounts of Daniel Gafford and Jared Butler. I have 32% Gafford. So That's more than my two. Yeah, 15% Denny, 21% Jordan Poole, and 55% Tyus Jones. I don't mind, like, if I'm going to have anybody, 
they're pretty close to the four dudes that I would want to be getting a lot of. We do have to talk about one interesting piece here. Q tag on Jordan Poole. If Jordan Poole ends up out, I think we're going to get a lot of Corey Kispert. I think Bilal Koulibaly starts looking a lot better. You feel a lot better about getting to Tyus Jones, about getting to Kyle Kuzma, about getting to Denny Avdia. It's a very different experience if Jordan Poole doesn't play this game. Do the Wizards go from eight-point dogs to four-point favorites? It would be funny if he got ruled out in the line yeah. and like the Pacers were six-and-a-half-point favorites afterwards. Right. It'd just be like, jeesh. But yeah, like a $4,800, he's not a great per minute dude, but a $4,800 Kispert, if Poole is out, I think becomes one of the bigger plays of the day. Uh, that video I sent you of the guy missing all the layups at the whatever game it was last night, one of the replies was a poll and it said, would you rather have this guy or Jordan Poole? <laughs> that first shot that he took that just like went clean into the stands. Into the tunnel. <laughs> yeah. What in that the was almost To me, that was almost worse or better than the second one because that one, like maybe his, like he was sweating, it slipped out of his hand and whatever. But then he just like slams it off the backboard and misses again. I, um, I had some questions on whether or not we were supposed to be laughing at that video or not because I didn't, I don't know if there's any like preamble to it. Yeah, true. Uh, so I didn't want to go... I didn't want to go too hard into the humor before we found out that we could. I it had to like be a a bit like mimicking Stanley from the office. I don't know. It's that first dribble looks so much like someone that does not know how to play basketball yeah. would dribble, not fake. It was bad. It was it was so bad. I don't like I would expect Katie to have a better performance. I thought you said KD. I was like, me too. No. <laughs> yes too but it was so bad i've never seen yeah. anybody like it reminded me of all of the really bad like uh throwing out the first pitch people like 50 cent and uh, right, carl right. lewis and stuff except he got like the difference is like he got so many tries at it <laughs> like when i've never seen pitch, anybody like... be that bad on like the fifth attempt just right. like stop compose your like it's when push comes, like you don't have to, you're not hitting like fadeaway threes to try to do this. Like, when right, you push just comes have to, shove, to get the ball toss, to toss a child's toy towards that backboard. Right, you you just need to get the ball to touch the backboard and go in the correct direction. Yeah, so so crazy, so crazy. So yeah, it's a uh, it's going to be Washington Wizards season. Yes, and then we get to Orlando. They are six point dogs. In Boston, 223 total. For Orlando, uh, we are, have the complicated nature of, apparently, Markel Fultz might be back. He is questionable today. The good news is, I don't think it matters. Uh, this team is barely owned. Fultz is leading the way at 6%. This is a terrible matchup. Boston doesn't play fast. They're a fantastic defense. And these guys aren't exactly priced cheaply. I don't have a single share of Orlando. Whether Fultz plays or not, I don't think that's going to change. Yeah, I mean, we have we have faults projected in right now. I'm getting to nine percent Goga, three percent faults. Uh, we do have Goga going a little bit under owned at fifty three hundred. That's so I, like I have nine percent of him, where I only had two percent Gafford. I would certainly like to be getting a bit more Gafford than Goga, but uh, it's just a spot where if I get to a little bit of him at fifty three hundred, fine. But it doesn't stand out. I don't anticipate getting to much Orlando. No, it's just a really really bad spot. Now, the Boston side is a little bit different. There's no ownership coming into these guys, and we shouldn't be surprised there. But this is a back-to-back. Uh, there should be no expectation. Now, they 
There should be no expectation that Al Horford is playing today. I, I think that's just a pretty safe assumption based on uh, back-to-backs in the past. But with this line being six in Boston, my assumption is that we're getting somebody else out as well. Uh, Boston is like six and a half points better than them in net rating already before we're even taking into account home court. So I think we might lose someone else. We might get that Jalen Brown Q tag that we had from yesterday. Maybe we get KP not playing on a back-to-back, something along those lines. Luke Cornett missed yesterday. But none of that is actionable right now. Any one of the normal starters, I'm happy to have them in a lineup, but I don't think anybody looks good. Um, yeah, same. With with Assuming that they just played today, I have 2% Brown, 1% Drew, nothing else. Um, yeah, like I don't know how you prioritize them if everybody is in. Yeah, it's it's tricky. It's real tricky. I got 5% Jalen Brown, 5% Drew. We got to lose one of those f- five starters for anything to be interesting here. Um, fun game to watch, just based on what Orlando's been so far this season. Um, but not a great DFS opportunity. Anything else for Boston? No. Underdog is the sponsor. You guys can sign up at Underdog clicking the link in the description or in the chat. You can get up to $100 on your first deposit. They are a one-stop shop for all things in the Pick'em fantasy realm. You get Pick'em contests. If you're in a non-legal betting state, you get 20x your money. Daily fantasy contests with large field GPPs. Best ball. Running hard right now on the NFL side. You want to be there for next year when they start running their other NFL contests or NBA, whatever you're looking for on the best ball streets. Plus, playoff drafts for the NBA, NHL, and PGA majors. If you're on the pick'em side for underdog, you have the opportunity to use their free square. We've got Lamar Jackson higher than 0.5 total yards. It even includes his rushing yards. 0.5 total yards is the free square if you want to use that on underdog on the pick'em side. Click that link and sign up. Get up to $100. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, though, please call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. The Los Angeles Lakers are 7.5-point favorites in San Antonio. We have a 234 total in this one. Q tag on AD, Q tag on LeBron, Q tag on Torian Prince. Jared Vanderbilt is probable. Rui Hachimura is available. Only guys getting ownership are AD and LeBron at 12% and 16% respectively. I do think that they are the two guys you can get to. I can't imagine getting to anybody else from the Lakers unless one of them are out. Yeah, I mean, I have like a Vanderbilt lineup, it looks like. Yeah. But uh, 12% LeBron, 3% Davis for me right now. Wouldn't be mad if I was getting uh, to more Davis. Nice spot for either of them. But LeBron on DraftKings is $600 less expensive. So I'm getting a bit more of him. So is the field at 16%. Uh, we have him about 13% to be optimal compared to 10% for Davis. Yeah, it's just, unless we see one of these guys out, I just, I don't see it for this one. Other than AD and LeBron. Like those prices are totally fine. And uh, Spurs, 23rd in defense, 5th in pace. Maybe that defensive rating is going to go up now that uh, Wemby just has 9 stocks a day every time he plays. <laughs> Speaking of Wemby, I think he looks pretty good today, but so do some of these Spurs. And they're at full strength. 25% ownership to Devin Vassell, 20 to Keldon Johnson, 15 to Victor Wembenyama. 
they ran a very interesting rotation coming out of their last game Wednesday against the Lakers where Pop did the full line change in the first quarter. Uh, they got back to like normal scattered rotations. Wemby just continuing to go on block and steal parties. I have a pretty big chunk of the three main dudes here in Wemby, Keldon Johnson, and Vassell. What are you doing with the Spurs? So one thing I think is really interesting is just kind of how to project Wemby at this point. Um, yeah. I am getting to a lot of Devin Vassell at 40%. I'm getting to 17% Keldon Johnson right now. I'm not really getting to much else here, which I don't love. Uh, Vassell is pulling 26% ownership at 6,300. Keldon Johnson pulling uh, 20%. So I'm over the field on Vassell. I'm a little bit under on Johnson. But Wemby's getting 14% ownership. I only have 3% right now. The thing that I think is difficult or that I don't really know what to do. So like we have Wemby right now projected for 1.44 DraftKings points per minute. For the season, he is 1.45 DraftKings points per minute. Without Zach Collins or Charles Bassey on the floor, in what is now 236 minutes, he's at 1.75 DraftKings points per minute. Yeah. It's not like a lot of times you'll see somebody play, you know, pick up a tenth of a fantasy point per minute or something like that if they're playing the five instead of the four. This guy is producing at an entirely different rate. And you don't expect it, you don't expect the, the gap to be that big long term necessarily, but right. it's getting to where I think not playing him at a much higher rate when he is playing center is a mistake. I'm, I'm totally with you here. I Like I said, I'm getting 19%. I am uh, above that 1.4 or whatever uh, fantasy point per minute number. Uh, we outlined it either yesterday or two days ago. It was probably two days ago since they played, but they since moving him to center and not having him alongside Zach Collins for large chunks of time, they've doubled the amount of uh opportunities he has to contest shots at the rim and you're seeing it in his block numbers i think like three out of the last four games he's played he's at at least four blocks he's just doing crazy things on the defensive end has the highest block rate of anybody that's really playing a ton only walker kessler is really outpacing him there you have to just project him a little bit differently. He's outstanding. Last 30 days, 1.6 fantasy points per minute. Like that's even including a lot of that Zach Collins time still. He's really, really good. Yeah. And, it's and not he's even not like even shooting well. Right. Yeah. He's not, he's not playing well offensively overall. Um, yeah. and, and as far as him and Collins too, this isn't even like Wemby is starting at center, but then he's still sharing the floor with Collins a lot. Yeah. He played 10% of his minutes last game against the Lakers alongside Zach Collins. He is getting like full center run. And yeah. he's just, and this isn't a knock because this is one of those things that is just very difficult to project because one, it's not like we have any sample size on Wemby beyond this year in the NBA. And so you're kind of trying to figure out what he is anyway. And then it's just like, oh, now he's just going to play a completely different position and he's producing at a massively different rate. Yeah. So it's difficult to confidently project, but it's it's enough minutes to center now where I think it's a mistake to treat it like it's all the same. Yeah. Look, they're just, it's, he, he's picking up like three fantasy points a game just from playing center and being able to stand closer to the rim and send people shit every time they come right. into the paint. <laughs> like It's kind of nuts. And it's like, really yeah, kind of nuts. And, you know, like obviously it can, it's, you know, talk, like if you're not somebody that's done projections or doesn't like pay a lot of attention to it, saying, you know, the 1.44 to 1.75, whatever, it, it doesn't sound like that much. So like right now we have Wemby projected for 48 DraftKings points in 33 minutes. If you were to change that to his rates, just playing center, that 48 fantasy point projection becomes 57.8. Like that's yeah. how big of a difference, what sounds like a small change is. 
Yeah, I've got a 49 and 32, so I'm a little bit higher. Like, I've got an extra fantasy point and one less minute, so I'm a little bit more efficient on the the per-game rates. But he's just been... and Like, I might be light here, too. When I do my reevaluation later, I might end up with more. He's he's thriving. And that is thriving by shooting 32% from the mid-range and 27% from three on the season right. so far. When that just becomes not atrocious... He's a one point. He's he's like Giannis and Jokic and Embiid and Luca, and he's putting up crazy, crazy numbers. And then we believe it, right? And so that that's the next thing I was going to say. To put in context again, if and this again, this is where the assumption you you could kind of go either way. Like maybe he starts to regress a little bit at center, or like you were saying, maybe he gets even better because he starts being more efficient as a scorer. But if you just call the one point seven five DraftKings points per minute that he's putting up as a center his average for the sake of what I'm about to say, you are essentially getting 32, 33 minutes of close to Joel Embiid at power forward at 88 or $8,900, whatever, 9,100 now. But still. Yeah, like it was 88 last game. 9,100 and 13% owned. If you've just made this guy's name, Joel Embiid, said Joel Embiid's going to play 32 minutes, the guy would be 70%. Yeah. Uh, and the power forward piece is like the craziest right. piece of it. Here. Right, that's what I'm saying. He's still a fantastic play at just center. To include power forward is even more insane. So yeah, uh, get yourself some Wemby if you can. Uh, 37% Vassell, 26% Keldon Johnson. I have both of those guys. A little bit of Malachi Branham, a little bit of Jeremy Sohan, but I like the Spurs side. Yeah, I think I'm going to end up just manually, because I, I almost never manually adjust projections, but I just... If in general, and and again, it's not the fault. Like I don't, I don't blame the industry in general for the way that they're projecting Wemby because yeah. I don't. But like for me, I'm probably going to just bump this up because I it makes sense for him to be a lot better. Yes, it does. And he's shown it over a pretty nice period of time now. Yeah, yeah. The like I expect him to be the same sort of offensive rebounder that he is. I expect him to be that same sort of defensive rebounder that he is. I don't expect much difference in his steal rates and his block rates other than just being elite. The only thing that we're missing out of Wemby is the fact that he's a 19-year-old rookie in the NBA learning how to play offense and shoot the ball. Like his the thing that he isn't doing right now is the one thing where you can see the growth that just becomes exponentially crazy for him we're getting the lowest form of his his offensive ability and still projecting him as like a 1.6 fantasy point per minute guy right and even if you split the difference again just to get back to like how much this actually matters even if you split the difference between what he has done overall and what he has done at center specifically you're going from a 48 DraftKings point projection to a 52.6 DraftKings point projection for a guy that is 9100 at power forward and sub 20 percent owned yeah if you say 52 fantasy points you know, call it 1.6x in 32 minutes. That's 5.6x his salary today. That is probably the highest per minute rate of anybody on the slate. Yep. Or at least very, very close to it. All right. Question is, are we really going to put a player from San Antonio in our lineups instead of Atlanta, Toronto, Indian, Washington? Yeah, I don't have a I don't have a thing in my process that takes players out based on the abbreviation of their team. No, not at all. But yes, I, based on everything that we just said, you and I are playing quite a bit of Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson, and you will be playing Victor Wembanyama uh, 12 hours from now or whenever it is instead of right now, but I already have him. 
Yeah, I mean, you already know that the DM at 7.0 whatever is coming. Shit, I forgot to adjust my Minyama. <laughs> yep, I have 2%. Or I remember to do it, and he like picks up 3,000 in two minutes. Yeah, got a baguette stuck in his throat or something <laughs> before it started. Atlanta Hawks, two-point dogs in Toronto, 244 total is another big old total. And I'm going to assume, based on everything I've seen, that I have all of the Toronto Raptors once again. But we're going to start on the Atlanta side. We still have to wait a little bit on some news here. DeAndre Hunter is questionable. 15% ownership to Capella, 15% ownership to Okongwu. Single digits to everybody else. I got a little bit of Sadiq Bey since he is just playing minutes on minutes on minutes right now. Uh, I got a little bit of Okongwu too, but I don't have the Capella side of it. I don't mind whatever I get out of these starters. These guys just play big minutes. Yeah, same. I'm getting a 22% Pirtle, 21% Ananobi, 19% Barnes, 11% Atlanta. Trent. What? Atlanta. Atlanta. Sorry, you had said Toronto right before I stopped listening to whatever else you said. Um, <laughs> on the Atlanta side, not getting as much as I am Toronto. Uh, 17% Capella is my highest on guy. 7% Young. Small amounts of Hunter, Okongwu, Bogdanovich. Uh, they're not as popular as Toronto for the field. They're not as they're not showing up as much for me. Uh, that sixty-three hundred dollar price tag on Capella is pretty nice, though. And then I think, like you did say, any of the starters, you know, if you are landing on them, are fine. But uh, prices have come up a bit, especially on draftings. Yeah, like if I get any tray, that's cool. Uh, I don't think Murray's going to look all that awesome, but yeah, for right now, it's Bay and Okongwu. Great filler. Now, the Toronto side is a little bit different. 25% ownership coming into Schroeder, 25 to Gary Trent, 20 to Ananobi, 10 to Scotty Barnes and to Malachi Flynn, uh, and 30 to Jake Puddle. I got a bunch of these guys. Got 30 of Barnes, 36 of Ananobi, 44 of Jake Puddle. I'm under on Schroeder. I don't have Gary. I have 1% Gary Trent. Uh, I don't think that he's going to be 26% owned either by the time we get to lock, but that's a different conversation. I thought I would get a lot more Pascal Siakam at 8,300 because I think he's just pretty underpriced for what this matchup is, but I only have 11%. Either way, I think you just have to have a lot of Toronto. Now, uh, let me hear your thoughts on Toronto. <laughs> yeah, so I'm getting to them a lot as far as like I have a lot of exposure to Toronto. I'm under the field for the most part right now, though. 22% uh, Pirtle is my highest owned guy from this team. The field's at 30%. I have 21% Ananobi, the field's at 20. I have 19% Barnes, the field's at 12, so I am actually a bit over there. 11% Trent, but he's 26% owned. 9% Schroeder, but he's 25% owned. 7% uh, Siakam, field's at 18. So in the aggregate, I'm getting a lot of Toronto, and I would expect to. It's a very good matchup against Atlanta, but compared to the field, I'm actually mostly under right now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's... I'm over in a big way to Pirtle, Ananobi, and Barnes. And I'm okay with that. I don't ever get Scotty Barnes. And having 29% where he's 12, I'm happy. Yeah, I kind of laughed when I saw it because right now the only player that I'm actually over the field on is Scotty Barnes. And the last time Toronto played Atlanta, so I guess Wednesday, uh, I was taking an aggressive Scotty Barnes stand at 10 a.m. And I made the same comment you did that I never get Scotty Barnes. And I was excited about it. And then by the time we did the deeper dive, it's like, yeah, I have 2% Scotty Barnes. All told, though, like Atlanta, 26th in defense, third in pace. It's a fantastic matchup for the Raptors. It's a nice pace up spot, and all of their prices are just better now. And Anobi, by the way, I don't know if you said this, shooting guard, small forward. Yeah, which is a nice change from the other day. Uh, they did bump his price basically 10%. He went from 5,800 to 6,400, but they threw the small forward on there too. 
Yeah. So you you paid for the flexibility, which is fine by me. I just this they look really good here against Atlanta. I'm anxious to see if I can get to more Pascal Siakam because I do think he looks really good. All right, final thing that I want to touch on for today is going to be the promo code BOWL. And I know that is right up my alley, but this one is more along the lines of bowl games in college football. So if you want to get our college basketball and football packages, you can get it for 50% off right now using the promo code BOWL. Click the link in the description. That's going to be $7.50 for a week, $25 for the month. You got our college football projections and ownership and some advanced data all through the rest of bowl season. And you get our college basketball projections for the rest of the college basketball season. No brainer offer for you on this one. If you're interested in college DFS, you're getting it for both sides of the coin, football and basketball link in the description. Uh, Jake DeWitt back to Washington. Any Butler love if pool is out. Yeah, I mean, I assume he's yeah. like a value option. Yeah, because he's already a value option in the sense that, like, you can put him in a lineup and hope to get lucky. Uh, if pools out, there is clearly are clearly a lot of minutes available. Um, and Butler is at this point, I think, in the rotation pretty comfortably. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I wouldn't have tons of confidence in what he's going to do, but no. I think you'd play enough minutes that at a close to minimum salary price tag, he's playable, especially in that game. Uh, 212 total in this Houston Memphis matchup. As I mentioned before, 45 points below Indy Washington, 32 below Atlanta and Toronto. Uh, the Rockets are four point favorites in this matchup. On the Houston side, we are waiting on the Q tag of Amon Thompson. Don't know how much it matters. Wow, I didn't realize this is where my ownership was. 15% ownership coming into Dylan Brooks, 21 to Jabari Smith. I have 69 and 59, respectively, hoping that goes away a little bit later. How do you want to handle this Houston team? They're kind of weird. Yeah, uh, ugly game environment again. I'm getting to basically two guys right now. I'm getting to Dylan Brooks, and I'm getting to Jabari Smith. Okay. Pretty much even with the field on Smith, he's getting 21% ownership. We have him 16% to be optimal. 6K, power forward, just pretty decent price tag for him. I have 23%. Uh, Brooks, 4,700. 15% owned. I have 24%. As stuff opens up, generally I start to lose Dylan Brooks because he's essentially just a minutes play where you're just hoping he runs into steals and knocks down some threes, but a uh, pretty unappealing game environment in general, not getting much Jalen Green, Fred Van Vliet, Alperin Shangguin, even though I would obviously be fine with that. Brooks revenge narrative. I mean, I said it last time, but okay. Well, I don't know. I'm uh, saying it this time. Yeah. No, I'm saying like, I don't, I don't know what he did, but I don't remember him doing anything that mattered. No, I don't. I don't either. 11, I need this points. ownership to go the hell away. He had eleven points in twenty-eight minutes. Yeah, great. Eleven actual great. points. Yeah, he uh, played uh, the entire fourth quarter with one rebound and one assist great. and two turnovers. That's exactly what I'm looking for in sixty-nine percent of my lineups. That's a lot. Uh, he was in foul trouble that game, so you know the twenty-eight minutes is low as you would expect, but. Oh, that's probably why it looks better for me. Uh, are you going to Tara Eason after his like 50 fantasy points off the bench? Uh, I am not. Yeah, me neither. 5,200, pretty tough. But he did have a massive game. Yeah, back-to-back -back, uh, 26 and a half minute affairs for Tara Eason. But 
I'm not expecting Jalen Green to continue to play 24 minutes a night. I also expect Alper and Shingun to play in the fourth quarter of games. <laughs> yeah. Just a guess. You, do you see the rotation for the last game? Yeah. Look, those five guys that played are the only guys that played in the fourth quarter. Yes, they are. Yeah, and I, I well, I did a double take at the score. Like I was looking at it like, oh, was this garbage time or a competitive game? Because half of the closing lineup says garbage time and half of the closing lineup says competitive game. Yeah, so weird. So weird. Like, oh, Jeff Jeff Green did not play the entire game and then played the final 13 minutes. Yeah, like, do we read into that? Is he out of the rotation? They went back to land. Or did he just play his way back into the rotation? Yeah, I don't I, don't, I have no idea. Is, is, is he uh, the new, like, he's just a designated closer now? <laughs> maybe, maybe. And the Grizzlies said, what? Okay. I obviously, we're going to have to get back to the drawing board on some of this stuff. I feel like you right now. I have your exposures this morning. Uh, I only 16... have one Memphis guy. Me too, basically. But uh, I I cornered the market. Uh, this is like yesterday. I feel like I adopted this dude with this amount of ownership. <laughs> 16% ownership coming into Derrick Rose. Uh, he's not the guy that I have. I mean, oh. I have one share, but like that's not what we're talking about. Now um, I can't imagine who you have. I have 71% David Roddy. <laughs> <laughs> big body Roddy, man. 4,600, small forward, power forward, playing big minutes. I don't know. Uh, that's it. That's all I got. I have uh, I have 1%. <laughs> Which I, I did. <laughs> I have 22% Rose. That's the only guy I'm actually getting to. Um, 5K point guard, you know, not excited about it in this game, but it's 5K Derek Rose. It's fine. Um I have 1% Roddy, 1% Bane, 1% Jackson. That is a, a healthy amount of big body Roddy. It is. Did you project Bane in? Yep. Sure did. Sure did. I Look, I have David Roddy at 0.77 fantasy points per minute. I didn't exactly accident, like fat finger him a 30% usage rate or anything. I got him projected for nine and a half points and five and a half rebounds. He's just showing up in literally everything. Basically, I think that, you know, you were like, oh, I have 20% of uh, Danilo Gallinari. Like, you named a couple guys in this sort of range that you were like 2Xing the field on. And I think I just cut all of that out and was just like, you know what? I'm just going to go just David Roddy instead. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, that. I'm well aware none of that holds by the time we get to it, but. It doesn't make it any less true for me right now. How many minutes do we have Roddy yet? Do you have that in front of you by any chance? I will in a second. Okay. That is a wealth of David half. Roddy. 26 and a half? Okay. Yeah, I think I was a little too high at 29, so I'm going to walk that back a, a, a skosh. The Derrick Rose, the, the fact that I'm getting to so much Derrick Rose is a little concerning to me because we only have him at like 23 to 24 minutes and I have 22%. Like, yeah. if Bain were to get ruled out and that number comes up, I really don't want that much Derrick Rose in my life. I went 23 minutes and I only got to 1%. I, just, yeah, I don't yeah. know how much he can play. I mean, he played 31 last game. Oh, damn. Okay. I, I that's That is the jump up that I did not expect to see. I thought I, I guess I looked at that incorrectly this morning, or I guess I, mean, I just like, didn't care because right, like that—that that was the game without Desmond Bain. So I'm not saying that I think yeah. Derrick Rose is just suddenly playing 30 plus a night, but yeah, clearly can do it for you know at least a game or two before he goes back on the injury report. Yeah, 
All right, you ready to close this one out with the game that shouldn't be on the slate? <laughs> yeah. The New York Knicks are five-point dogs in Phoenix, 230 total. Um, Everybody is available for the Knicks that usually is. Uh, the Suns are slightly more complicated. Q-tag on Grayson Allen, Q-tag on Eric Gordon. Uh, no Josh Okogie. So 10% ownership to quickly. Hartenstein and Julius Randle. I have a very limited amount of the New York Knicks right now. I don't know how 12%. Like, let's have this conversation. And I understand that minutes matter. I have no idea how Victor Wembenyama and Julius Randle can have the same ownership today. Because they're projected about the same. Kind of. Well, yeah, uh, they are. Uh, I see where you're going with this. They shouldn't be, but right. they are. This is going, this is going, I was actually thinking about Julius Randle when I was d- going into that whole thing on Wemby is that, yeah, because I, I didn't know exactly what Randall was projected. Like I actually forgot he was even on the slate at that time, but there's the way that Wemby has produced this year overall. It, and then the fact that he does generally play a couple minutes, less minutes than Randall, he's being viewed across the industry from a projection standpoint as another version of Julius Randall from a fantasy standpoint. And he yeah. is not. no, not at all. Not at all. So I don't really have Randall here. Uh, I'm assuming you do, and that's going to piss you off. No, I have, two, I have 2% Randall. Okay. Do you have the only guy I'm getting to here is Hartenstein. Okay. 5,100. What do you think for the split here? I went 21-27. Yeah, I think that's a good place to be. Um, is Taj Gibson active today? Do you know? I think I remember reading that he is not. I just not, not that it would affect the way I project it because I can't imagine you're actually giving Gibson minutes, but it would add the Tibbs absolutely loves this guy and could just screw all this this up factor. But um, yeah, I think 21-27 makes sense. Hartenstein is also a much better point per minute guy in this bench role, which is nice from a fantasy standpoint. So um, I don't mind getting over the field on him. We have him 17% to be optimal, 12% um, ownership right now. So that looks pretty good. We have twenty between 27 and 28 minutes to Hartenstein. So, you know, maybe uh, again, like I might prefer it being slightly lower, but nothing crazy. Uh, so I don't mind getting him at 5,100, but uh, yeah, it's it, it the, the Randall thing. And I don't mean it as a knock on Randall at all. Like there's nothing wrong with playing Julius Randall pretty much ever yeah. at this price tag. Sure. It's just, if he's going to be the same ownership as Wemby, my, my assumption is two, three, four months from now, when you look back and you're like, Oh yeah, the field was playing $8,800 Julius Randle at the same rate as $9,100 Wemby with the same positional eligibility. And I wasn't really playing much Wemby either. I'm going to feel like an absolute idiot. It's going to look insane that the field is treating Wemby like Randle. As best I can tell, he could be available for today. Um, I don't believe that he has officially signed this contract yet. So what are you holding out for other offers? I don't know. <laughs> His, he does not have a contract listed on spot track yet. Um, so we'll see what that ends up looking like. They are usually all over this. Uh, speaking of, I want to point this out for Memphis. Jalen Noel's 10 day ran out yesterday. So That's interesting. I don't, I don't think that he matters. He's played like seven minutes the past two games. They just went back to Jacob Gilliard at the end of their last game. but And that game sucks in general. But as best I can tell, Jalen Noel is not on Memphis any longer. 
until they sign him again, I guess. But like, uh, it expired yesterday. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure I put that out there. Is Gilliard a uh, minimum salary? Probably. We don't have thirty six. Thirty six hundred. I, I was just thinking minutes Bain's out because like he played thirteen minutes in the second half last game, and if Bain were just out and you don't have yeah. Noel playing the first half, but yeah, I went eighteen minutes to Gilliard, and I did not get to him. Matthew Weiner says, Maury agreed to a contract extension. Your insider is staying around. You think we didn't know that? He sent us a DM about those contract negotiations. Who, who do you think negotiated it? Yeah. We know what we're doing here. <laughs> uh, uh, Marcus Smart is out. Einsteinium. Huh? Einsteinium said, isn't Smart supposed to be back? Oh. Uh, no. I don't know how so much Fe- longer he's out, but he is out today. Yeah. So Phoenix, we don't know the status of Grayson Allen. We don't know the status of Eric Gordon. Josh Okoji is out. Bradley Beal played 30-something minutes on the second end of a back-to-back, so I think we can safely assume that he can just do that. Uh, there's no ownership coming into Phoenix. Like, maybe if Gordon and Allen are both out, you start to get to something here, but I don't... I like they look actively bad other than to me uh, Durant is at least a little interesting at 9800. Yeah, I don't have a single lineup with any of them. Same. I don't really know how I would get there. Like clearly Durant, Booker, Beal are capable of having big games. I mean, I guess like a $6900 Beal playing after coming off a 33 and a half minute game is mildly interesting, but we have no idea exactly what the rates are going to look like with all three of these guys together. The very obvious assumption is Bradley Beal is the third option. So I have a hard time getting any of it. Tyler Glass now to sign a five-year, $135 million extension with the Dodgers, which means I assume that is a, he has deferred $130 million into the future and he's a $1 million a year pitcher. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say the same thing. It's going to be, I'm really interested to see like if anything is done about that in the next CBA. I would imagine they absolutely put in something about the amount of money relative to the contract that can yeah. be deferred. Cause the, I said it to somebody on Twitter yesterday, like this, this version of the Dodgers obviously is insane. Like it's going to be fun to watch, but it's also just like, unless they get super hurt or unlucky, they just basically walk to being the world series favorite. But my concern yeah, is like, fa- I mean, it is baseball. So like it's right. Yeah. It's still so the playoffs. Is right. But my concern is like, what are the future implications? Like, does this just become a thing where now you get like Juan Soto next year as a free agent being like, well, I want to go win a ring with Freeman and Otani. So I'm going to like, does it just become like the vet minimum where you have guys chasing LeBron around and agreeing to just not get paid? Well, we will talk about all of this later because the NFL strategy show is coming up next. Good luck, everybody. We'll be back later on. Adam's got a video and an article for you today. Have some fun. We'll see you on the deeper dive. NFL strategy show is next.